The Level Down Games podcast for December 1st, 2020 is presented by leveldowngames.com. On with the show. around stuffed full of turkey and pie this is the level down games podcast welcome home i'm brian your host of course and joining me this week host of the media files every friday it is kyle good morning brian good morning daniel not good morning sean sean you're not here today it was weird not hearing my sound effect yeah i know right i know sean's taking a sick day phoning in not here this thanksgiving weekend I'm here, though, and man, I'm still feeling the effects of that food. I've been tired since Thursday afternoon. It's oh, been man. tough. I actually went tough. to bed early last night. I just stuffed again, second night in a row, leftovers. I've got our fridge is packed. It's a good feeling, man. I think yesterday may have been my last day. <laughs> also on the show this week, catch him regularly over on twitch.tv forward slash craze 11. And of course, the co-host of Hit Our Music and All the Wrestling Podcast every Thursday. It is Dan. Good morning, everybody. Yeah, uh, Thanksgiving night. I was in bed by 1030. I wanted to stream and I I, like dozed off uh, watching some TV and it was like 1030 and the wife looked over me. She's like, you just want to go to bed? I was like, yeah, I'm just going to phone it in and just go to bed. (laughs) Yeah, old man. Yeah, Thursday night was definitely uh, was definitely a, a night that I didn't move around too much last night, man. I stayed up late. I was up late watching your stream, and then I even stayed up like an extra hour after that, kind of getting some more stuff done. It was a late light last night. It was rough. <laughs> yeah, I didn't plan on going to bed as late as I did, but uh, I, I'm glad that I did because it was a great stream for me last night. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, you had, your stream was popping last night. It was pretty exciting. It was, yeah. Uh, special shout out to Midnight Playtime at Neon Dan over on Twitter at Neon Dan TV for providing the music to the Love on Games podcast. Go check him out over on Twitter and end up his Bandcamp at midnightplaytime.bandcamp.com to listen to some really excellent synthwave vibes even though sean's not here we still got an amazing show today we're gonna talk some great games we're gonna talk the game award nominees something we didn't do last week because they're coming up soon they're next week and i think yeah they're the 10th i believe right holy crap the uh thursday the 10th i think right but before we get to that it of course is the sad anus or i guess just i I guess it could be are we going the cad anus or the dac anus this week i don't know it's Sean, the, uh, Sean's not here. Anus. <laughs> Dan including Kyle. Yeah. Dan including Kyle. Dick anus this week. <laughs> oh, oh my God. These are getting better and better every week. I tell nah, you. I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, but I want to kick things off, Kyle, with Shadowlands because I think it's the game that I played the absolute most this week. Much to my dismay, I wanted to finish Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I wanted to get much further in several other games, but I put a lot of time into Shadowlands this week. <laughs> uh, it's definitely the game I've put the most time into this week. You know what, man? It's uh, it's actually relatively good narrative wise. I'm digging the story. OK, so that's where I think that Shadowlands is really shining. And I think it's the one thing that I kind of failed to overlook in my preparation for this game. And that's because the most recent expansions, the last few expansions, I've not really 
dug the narrative of. I don't think that Battle for Azeroth had a really good narrative to it. It was interesting. No, but I, was, it really, I was speed reading quests. I didn't care really yeah, what was going on. I didn't on. care either. I you also know, the, didn't like oh, the... Oh, go find five pieces of poop in the grass. Okay, let me go do that. I don't, But exactly. I don't care why I'm going to do it. Exactly. And I and I didn't really care for the end game cycle of Battle for Azeroth either. Yeah, which Legion, is why I didn't raid in BFA. Oh, see, I actually did raid in BFA because I, I know, actually you, liked the you raid. You actually did. I know we talked about that. I, I never stepped foot into a raid in BFA. Now, I'll say that the Legion story I actively disliked. I thought that that was a bad story, but I did like the gameplay of Legion. Legion's gameplay was amazing with the artifact yeah. kind of stuff and the class halls and the way that everything looked different. Uh, I actually just for the first time got to see like up close and personal the shaman class hall at the Maelstrom the other day when Jessica and I chose to go to the Legion content on the characters that were leveling up. And man, I was impressed. Legion was Some a good classes expansion. got really cool class halls in yeah, Legion. Yeah, they sure did. Now, I will say that going into Shadowlands, I did not have high hopes and they've kind of exceeded those. The narrative of Shadowlands is done very, very well. And the stories of each of the zones as you get to them and kind of work through them is a really, really fun thing to experience. I've I've been enjoying it a lot. Now, there are things about it that I dislike and more in terms of the way that the game has progressed over the years than the way that the game is now. You know what I mean? But I'm still just having a lot of fun with it. And like you said, it's definitely the game I've put the most time into over the past week. And you're way further than me in terms of like progression. I was looking at like, oh, yeah, I was looking at like where everybody was at in terms of my friends list last night, because I think you were on, too. And I hovered over your name and it was it's you were last time I hovered over your name. You were like 56 or 57 or something I'm 57 like that. right now. Yeah. Um. OK, I'm 52 on my highest character. And that's my druid oh, who wow. I stopped playing. Uh. I, I was actually still in Bastion on my druid. Uh, because I've been playing the shaman character with Jessica, which we don't even have a 50 yet. Like we're not even 30 on those characters yet. <laughs> Doesn't take long. So man. we've just we've just been kind of taking our time on those characters, though. It's Jessica's first time really leveling up and getting to experience a lot of things. So we're going probably slower than most average people are in terms of leveling those characters up. But when I'm not playing with her. At first, I was playing my druid, and like I said, I got him up to 52, and then I jumped onto my demon hunter and was checking him out a bit. My demon hunter was at, like, level 48, so I took him up to 50, kind of got uh, a feel for the changes made to that class, and then I decided that I actually really liked the demon hunter in, in Shadowlands, so I think I'm going to be running demon hunter and shaman this expansion, which is why I've since kind of restarted Shadowlands. Uh, I'm back in Bastion. I think my Demon Hunter is 51. He'll be caught up to where my Druid was probably later today. Uh, and, I, and I think I'm going to make some good progress today and tomorrow on the Demon Hunter, leveling him up towards 60. Demon Hunters are a real bastard to encounter. They are oh, hard dude. to fight. Demon Hunters are insane in terms of mobility, which is one of the big reasons why I've always kind of enjoyed them. And, and I think they're tanking 
uh, rotation and and stuff that they can do as a tank, which is how I play Demon Hunter Vengeance. Uh, it's always been fun to me, so I, I think I'm going to roll with that for a bit. But I am excited for the potential of Shadowlands. I've actually been kind of looking around at different guild recruiting places. I actually might try my toes into uh, into raiding this expansion. I, I do miss playing, and because I am enjoying the narrative so much, I'm hoping that I'll enjoy the raids, and I'm really looking forward to getting some time in with uh, Torghast, the uh, the roguelike thing that's in the Maw later on. People have been talking really highly of Torghast, which I didn't think it was going to be great. Yeah, I've heard. But people are really enjoying it. I've seen a lot of people actually talking pretty positively on the expansion itself, which is surprising because usually people are shitting all over it when it comes to Warcraft expansions. <laughs> well, and with this expansion being delayed and the kind of mired beta tests that it went through a lot of people were really unhappy with it in beta and said that this is definitely unfinished that it shouldn't be released yet it needs to be pushed back further for what i've been through so far and again the leveling experience is such a small part of what goes into making an expansion the oh yeah you you spend a total of 12 hours doing it but you know, exactly. a total of hundreds of other hours doing the end game content in the, re- in the exactly. rest of the expansion. So, but the leveling experience has been great. Now I'm in the third zone, which is Ardenwild. Okay, and all three of the zones have been so visually different and so thematically different. So, which one haven't been, you been to yet? The one with like the, the oh, one with the vampire like, people. Yeah, Riven yeah, Death or something Re- like that. Revan, Revan Drath or something like Revan that. Exactly. Something. Yeah. I, I don't know the name of it because I haven't been there yet. Yeah. But I did get through Maldraxxus, which is the second one you go through. And they're just really well-made zones. I mean, really interesting and cool quests that you're doing, a cool storyline that you get kind of wrapped up into. And I'm excited to get further into Ardenwild because this one looks very interesting as well. So you mentioned that you're in the third zone, and that's something that I like that Shadowlands is doing that the most recent Warcraft expansions have not done. Yes, the linear progression of the zones. A hundred percent. That's a linear yep. storytelling path. I, like I, m- I missed having a linear path, even though it kind of locks you into everybody doing the same quests kind of around the same time because there's no variation like, you know, a person at level 50 can't go choose the Borean Tundra or the Howling Fjord. No, everybody goes to Bastion. So I like that, but I think... Because of that, Blizzard overused the sharding technology that they've been using in previous expansions to kind of even things out and make sure that, you know, things aren't overloaded, especially when expansions first come out and more and more people are logging in and playing. Because of the sharding, the world feels empty, dude. And that's been a real like kind of kick in the balls for me as I walk around and play because night one, like when the expansion came out this past Monday, I jumped in and I was in Bastion that night and there was like nobody around. And I was like, this is unprecedented because any other expansion launch, when you get to the first zone, like the new content, there's dozens of people all trying Mm -hmm. to get to the quest giver and hundreds of people running around. I saw like three people that night and I was like, what the fuck is going on? 
But then I started talking to more people and it sounds like everybody's having the same experience, not seeing anybody. So my assumption is they just overused sharding either that or there really is nobody left playing this game and it can't be that. (laughs) Well, this is this is kind of what I was getting to when I was saying that there are there are changes in the game in the direction of the game that I'm not a huge fan of. And one of those is the fact that the the leveling experience now is for all intents and purposes, a single player game. Yeah, that's something you and I were talking about the other day. So you play and I've I've grouped with a couple of friends just because not because I had to, but because they were around in Shadowlands said, you know or just recently yeah, in Shadowlands. Okay. I have grouped, I didn't know other I have grouped with a couple awesome. of people. Oh, yeah. But I didn't need to. And like I said, it is essentially and you play kind of the central character of this story is you're the champion that's helping kind of mediate this war between the different zones of the Shadowlands, you know, but. It is a single player game up until you get to max level. Now, getting up to max level doesn't take entirely long. Like like you said, you're looking at, you know, 10 to 15 hours, depending on how you play. But I, I do kind of miss that sense of community that you get from leveling with people and requiring groups to do things and. Oh, yeah. Relying I mean, it, on it the definitely zone. is. It definitely is a, a much different feel. Uh, I like that so many things can be completed single player now, but. I miss seeing the craziness of the world and just people everywhere. So that that's definitely been kind of uh, taking a little bit of time to adjust to. I remember even when when Battle for Azeroth launched, they used sharding a lot. And, you know, there wasn't a ton of people around, but it still like felt like a ton of people. But this one just doesn't feel like a ton of people. So we'll see. Uh, luckily, in the new sanctuary city, Oribos, there still is a lot of people running around. And I, I do have to talk about Oribos for a second, because I think it might be my favorite sanctuary city since Dalaran. I do believe it's probably one of my least favorites. Really? To be honest. Yeah. Well, Dalaran was only two expansions ago also. Well, well, I'm, I'm also talking Dalaran from Wrath as well. Sure. But same city. But I also really like Shatrath too. But anyway, um... Oribos, I think the reason I like it so much is because I've always wanted an like ethereal type place with the guys from the Netherstorm uh, in the Burning Crusade expansion. And I feel like Oribos is basically what we would have gotten in terms of their city had they ever been playable for the Alliance or the Horde. The, there are a couple things I don't like about Oribos. Number one, a portal that you have to take just to get to the Flightmaster is annoying. It, it seems overly convoluted. I don't know why the flight master isn't on the same floor as all the rest of the NPCs. Right. N- number two, there are areas that you automatically dismount and it's driving me completely bananas. Well, I, I think I think the issue is because typically in in like cities and that kind of stuff, you know, it's, it's clear cut when you're outside and when you're inside. Exactly. And in Oribos, there's no like clear cut when you're outside and when you're inside. The, the ceilings are too high, so you never know when you're under a roof, which doesn't make sense why you can't write a mount if the roof is 200 feet above your head. Exactly. <laughs> but I mean, just picture like Dalaran, you know, when you would go into a building, you know, you're walking in a door. So you're getting dismounted. I mean, yeah. Like or Stormwind. Yeah. When you run into like the crafting part of Oribos, you, you forget that you're running into a building and it, it does get a little annoying. <laughs> well, it's that it's that entire outer ring is all considered indoors. 
which is very annoying. The other thing is that it's so symmetrical that I'm that lost. doesn't bother me. That doesn't bother me. I actually oh, kind of no, dig it's, that. It's it's so symmetrical that you don't like. I don't know where anything is, and I can't find my way. I I have to run in a circle until I find the NPC I'm looking for. <laughs> It drives me insane. It drives me insane. And and that's what I like about cities that are built to look organic, right? Stormwind has different looks depending on which part of the city you're in. It's not a perfect circle. Same with Orgrimmar, same with Thunderbluff. They're not perfect circles, and so you can kind of navigate your way by sight, which Oravos, it's completely impossible to do that. I'm impressed with Shadowlands. I, I, I've i liked the the time that I've spent. I've not gotten to do any of like the new dungeons yet. I'm looking forward to checking those out. Of course, I've also like not run a single Torghast dungeon yet. I'm waiting, I'm waiting to 60 to hit those dungeons. That's what I usually do, too. I typically don't jump into dungeons when I'm leveling up unless I'm leveling with like a group of friends, which I haven't done in in a ton of expansions. It's probably been I think the last time I did some dungeons while leveling was probably Mists of Pandaria. So, I mean, we're talking a long time. I usually just run through and do the questing until max level and then I start. I'll do each dungeon on normal once and then I'll just start chain running heroics until I get gear. And that's probably what I'll do uh, in the next week. Absolutely. And just so you know, you will hit level 60 by the time you finish all of the zones uh, and before you finish all of the zones. I've a lot heard of people most are, people finishing in, in the in in the one you're in Arden Ardenwild. Yep. Yeah. A lot I've of people, people hitting, hitting 60, 60 in Ardenwild and then you kind of go through the final zone just to get the storyline and complete the campaign. Um, let's kick to Dan because Dan's been quiet while we chatted about Shadowlands. He's had nothing to say, but Dan. I happen to know that you were playing a free to play game on Twitch this past week, actually just last night and having a very successful stream, as we talked about. So tell me about Splitgate Arena Warfare. Uh, Yeah. So, you know, the game's been out a little while. I just found out it was been out since May of 2019. So I'm a little late to the party, Um, but I was playing Black Ops a little bit. That's not unusual, Dan, for anybody that knows you. That is very true. I two, usually two like to weeks the later, Dan's play. throwing in, hey, guys, did you know the PS5's out on store shelves right now? <laughs> I mean, hell, I didn't play Last of Us until, what, five years after it came out? Yeah, something like Six that. Six years? Yeah. So, I'm, you know, I'm late to these games, but once I find them, I enjoy the hell out of them. And uh, I started out playing a little Black Ops, and I was originally going to talk about it, but Black Ops pissed me off, so I was looking for something. So why did it piss you off? That was something I never, and I wasn't actually in your stream when it did, and I never asked you why you were upset and switched. Um, I was just like multiplayer was just dumb. Like I was usually like the top one or two on each team and we were just getting wrecked. So I don't know if that's me or I was just getting paired with shitty people. But it was just I was just tired of getting owned like in the games. We weren't getting anywhere. We were getting that's our really asses aggravating. It, it really is like I'm pulling my weight and just people are just I don't which know, which is unusual. Um, yeah, I mean, for the most part, like, it's usually been balanced. I'm like, just kidding. Uh, well, <laughs> no, the first night. I just meant which is unusual, you pull in your weight. <laughs> oh, well, uh, like I said, I am a lot better in multiplayer than I am in uh, the war zone. I know. For sure. Um, and no, it's more control, I think, which is why, like, uh, I think, yeah, it, it's definitely like, it's easier to probably do things cause it's, it's a more confined zone and it is 100%. Yeah. Um, and I, I played, uh, I played black ops a few nights ago and I, it was fine. I had a lot of fun, uh, the haptic, uh, tr- uh, controller, whatever. Anyways, we're here to talk about split game. Cause I, I ended up downloading, it was a free to play game. I had heard about it. I don't know, like eight or nine months ago. Um, and didn't really pay too much attention to it until a small 
smaller streamer had uh been playing it and i kind of jumped in his stream I was like okay this kind of looks fun so i downloaded it last night and i had a shitload of fun with it and i'm blown away with just how like simple it is but like how much fun i had um it was made i believe by a bunch of former halo developers i remember you were talking about that in chat last night yeah, that's what I had heard, um, and I did a little research. Yeah, it was a, f- a few a few people from uh, Halo uh, had developed it. It's got a lot of Halo uh, tendencies to it. Like, I, you know, that was uh, Halo was a lot of the first games I remember playing, like multiplayer. And multiplayer, when I was playing Halo, I mean, we played over at a buddy's house on his big screen TV, and we each had quadrants. You know, this was before online multiplayer, um, so it had a lot of tendencies to that, and. Uh, just simple there's uh, like a handful of guns uh the stages aren't anything there's a lot of like depth to them but the the cool thing that kind of separates this game from other um fps's is um you uh you you can create a portal you can there's different places on the map there's specific areas and they're very easy to kind of tell but they're all over the map and you can shoot use like your left trigger to shoot one portal and then uh, you can like walk around the map and then shoot another portal and you can use it to uh, yeah obviously teleport you can sit on the other side of the portal and you can watch enemies run through and you can actually kill people through the portal so sometimes you're just you're getting shot and you don't even know where it's coming from and there's an enemy portal and they're just lighting you up you do have grenades grenades that you can use to close these portals and you can also close your own portals like if you're trying to run away from an enemy uh you can hurry up and open a portal and then close a portal so i wasn't really taking advantage of that enough because i was just trying to get used to the the levels and uh the gun gameplay and and kind of how the uh game worked but overall man i am very impressed with a game that came over came out over what a year and a half ago i had a lot of fun last night and uh, it was cool enough that one of the developers from the game actually dropped into my uh, Twitch chat and uh, hung out for like a few hours and was asking for feedback. And, you know, I was telling him things that I was kind of hoping that they would add to the game. One of them was kind of, um, uh, what is it, uh, um, like sliding, like when you're running yeah. and like, you know, holding uh, the crouch button and kind of sliding. That was one thing I, I find myself trying to do and I wasn't able to do it. And they said, that's actually a feature they're going to be adding into the game shortly. So it was really cool to have him in there. And he asked me kind of how I got into a split gate and how long I've been playing. And I told him, I was like, man, this is literally the first time I've played. So really cool that the developers are out there, you know, checking out the uh, Twitch channel and looking to see the people playing it and going in and getting feedback. And I thought that was really cool. And I think it speaks volumes, especially for a game that's been out out you know for a year and a half that they're still looking uh, on ways to improve the game yeah shout out to tom if you're listening yeah yeah tom over at uh what 1047 games i think is the studio i did not go that far into looking it up but that would make sense because i believe he had 1047 in his yes because i was calling him 1047 there for a little while and then uh yeah he told me his name so uh, yeah it was super cool and then you gifted him a sub so i definitely appreciate you doing that brian one of my besides my charity stream is probably one of my best streams to date i think i did it was like a 10 uh, average so it was really cool because it didn't start out great because black ops was i was yawning i just wasn't you know wasn't feeling it i just wanted to play something new and i know you know ps5 and is is out and we've been playing a lot of that um i haven't really paid attention in my pc since ps5 so i was like well let me just download this game so it it, it didn't take too long to download maybe like i don't know 10 minutes um but uh, i'm glad i did because i ended up streaming for like six hours i only got about four and a half hours of sleep um 
but it, it's a great game. It's so simple. Um, it's easy to pick up uh, and, and jump into. Um, you know, the where you're really going to master and become really great at this game is 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 the portals. I think um, I wasn't again utilizing that enough, but I think as I play a lot more, which I plan on doing, um, it, it's something that I'm going to try to get better at because it is a ton of fun. And it's the thing that separates the game from everything else, because without the portals, it's a rip off of, of Halo 3 and that's all it is. So yeah. with the portals, it actually gives it, you know, a, a bit more uniqueness. And even though they're still running around in you know, the exact same game modes as Halo, Shoddy Snipers is even in there. Like oh, a, yeah. a lot a lot of staples from the Halo series is in Splitgate. Like you said, a lot of a lot of guys from from the studio went off, went off and made this game. So I'm glad that they actually added something to make it not just a rip off of what they've already done. Yeah, uh, you're absolutely right. The portal thing, it's definitely separates and adds it a very unique change to these kind of games. Um, yeah, uh, one of my favorite game modes, I think, is teabag confirmed. You know, that was always a <laughs> running joke or, you know, things you used to do. I remember doing that in Halo again uh, back so in the you, day. You have to teabag him after you kill him or you don't get credit, yes, right? Yes, you do. You have to. You can't just you can't just crouch once. You have to go over and at least crouch twice. And I think that's I think it's two times over your dead teammates or your dead enemy's body to uh be considered a teabag so it's a it's a very i mean it's really cool because that's what happens in a lot of these games even in call of duty you get teabag so it's actually kind of cool that they took a game mode like that and actually called it teabag confirmed so it's uh again yeah it was a lot of fun i had an absolute ball uh it'll be a, you can jump you can create custom uh games that's where you can have a lot of fun um you have like a jet pack and you can turn like gravity off or something like that so there's a ton of potential just even you and a bunch of buddies jumping in i think it's 4v4 um uh yeah again i i, I can't get over how much fun that i had from a game that came out a little while ago and uh, just kind of jump into it spur of the moment and uh do it and how much fun i ended up having was awesome kyle i want to jump back to you here for a second because you have been waiting a few weeks to talk about Sackboy, a big adventure and i did say last week that i would jump into it and and kind of have some thoughts on it as well for this week but before i do let's let you take it away how is Sackboy a big adventure Sackboy is a game that i have been playing up to this point entirely in companionship with my five-year-old and so it's been going slowly that's why there's not a review up that's why i've not finished it yet it's not that it's a terribly long game or a terribly difficult game but i got this game as a chance for me to play something with my kid and something that he would like to do now he loves little big planet thinks that's one of his one of the funnest games on the planet, you know, he on also loves big playing planet? games with me. <laughs> What's that on the little big planet? You said it's one of his favorite games on the planet and on just, the little big planet. Yes. Yeah, you just missed an opportunity for a joke there, Kyle. <laughs> but I knew I mean, I remember watching the trailer for this game and I knew it was a game that I was going to pick up because what they've done here is they've essentially melded the two universes of you know, the style and the tone of Little Big Planet and the aesthetic of Little Big Planet with the gameplay of something you would expect from something like Super Mario 3D World or Super Mario 3D Land. 100% how I described it to Dan last night in his Twitch chat. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's... It's all meant to be complimentary. I, I mean, none of this is meant to sound like a ripoff because yeah. it isn't. And and I think that's the most important part is this doesn't feel like a Super Mario 3D World ripoff. What it feels like is a really great party platformer. Up to four people can jump in. 
and you're getting these, I mean, just really well made, really well polished levels. They're fucking awesome, dude. That was the thing that I took away most from from my time this week. And, and I will say I'm only in the first world still. I haven't even left that. I've jumped into four different stages and then I kind of just because they tell you to explore the hub world. Um, like the overworlds in Mario fashion, you know, you're running around, like you said, right. 3D world, you jump, you can kind of go to the areas where there's stages. But other than that, you can run around the world as well. And there's like these secrets that'll take you to other worlds. Yes, and exactly. I messed around with that a little bit, too. <laughs> now, we've found all the secrets that kind of take us to these what I assume are just secret levels in those worlds. And we haven't done any of those secret levels yet. We're actually waiting to the end. We'll go back and do all those secret levels. But the game, like I said, has just crafted these really well-made 3D playgrounds that you can get into and kind of progress through. It has all of the same aesthetic from a Little Big Planet game that you would expect. Most things look like they're made out of fabric or buttons or paper or cardboard, something like that. Looks very homemade, but very charming. And just like in the Little Big Planet games, you're collecting costume pieces. And you're instead of instead of the side scrolling that you'd be used to in Little Big Planet, you are in much more open 3D environments like 3D World. But you're using the mechanics of Little Big Planet. You kind of have a stutter jump that the characters have. You get items that the characters use in Little Big Planet, like a boomerang or a grapple hook. You have to grab onto things as they swing, you know, and kind of spin around in circles and launch yourself off of stuff. So you're using a lot of the things that if you've played those games, you're already familiar with just in these 3D environments. And it works out really, really beautifully. Yeah, that was the one thing that I noticed, too, was some of the interactions that you can kind of mess with on the individual levels. Like I said, I'm not too far in, but I did want to spend a few hours. I, I spent most of my time with Shadowlands this week, and before that, I was still with Valhalla. So I didn't play nearly as much Sackboy as I, as I thought I was going to, but I did put a couple hours into it. Um, there's those, like, little sponge things you can grab on. I like how exactly. there's, uh, like, the rockets that you have to utilize to be able to yep. like get over hills and that kind of stuff. And I'm sure there's more things like that. The further in that you get in the game, the little anal beads that you pull out of the ground. I don't know what they actually are. Okay. They, they are definitely <laughs> anal beads. I am. What? It's, a, it's, a, uh, it's something that I've not been able to talk about because yeah. I've been playing this game with my child, okay. <laughs> but it's something that has absolutely 1000% crossed my mind. I'm like, these are freaking anal beads. Okay. I'm glad you and thought of that too. Out. Cause I noticed pop, pop, like pop, the pop. first thing that I did, like the, very first stage when they're like because it's basically dan picture you know like uh in, in mario games where you okay mario 2 you had to pull out the turnips out of the ground or whatever these yeah. little things are are sticking out of the ground and you pull them out with sack boy and you have to like grab onto it with r2 and kind of like move the joystick away and he begins pulling them out of the ground and they're and, beads like, on a string this like string yeah it's a string with beads on it <laughs> <laughs> and they pop out is. of this little hole on a ground that kind of a little black hole <laughs> yeah Okay. <laughs> I just been calling them anal beads as I see them every time. So I'm glad that I'm not the only one. Well, I'm glad I'm not um, the only one. Thank you for confirming. <laughs> <laughs> now, one thing that I that I haven't yet 
found out and I'm assuming might be in the game, but maybe you can either confirm or say you don't know yet either. Uh, when I was walking around the map for the first world, I noticed that there were like areas on the ground that that maybe there might be secret exits in some of the levels. Are there like do, I don't do, think there, do, there's can, not can you find exits. can you find secret worlds like kind of like in Mario games where if you would find an exit, it would take you to a completely different path. Is that there? I don't believe so. I think that what you might be seeing is there are some levels that once you beat them fork and you do get two different levels that you can choose gotcha. which to go to next. Okay. Okay. And it doesn't lock the other one out. You can always go back and do that one. But what you may be seeing is there are levels that are only accessible to play with more than one person. I saw that there was like a little uh purple icon on one of the stages yes. in the first world and it looked like it might be a like a co-op type it's thing. It's a multiplayer level and you can only play that level if you 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 couldn't beat it without two people. It does require two people to do some of the mechanics in the in the stage and I would say get Jessica, play those levels, if just for those levels, because those levels really make interesting use of being able to pick each other up and throw each other onto ledges and do things. You know, you really have to rely on each other in order to do it, which has been a challenge with my five year old. But he's he's not a bad gamer, like he's actually pretty decent and he's really getting the hang of some of these things. There is a there is a mechanic that comes into play later in the game where there are floors and walls that are either invisible or visible. And if you hold this, I don't know what it is, it's a bug or a fish or a plant, but you hold it and it makes those things go opposite. So if there's no floor there, when you hold this in a small radius around you, there will be a floor. OK, and there are there are sequences where one person is on a higher ledge holding that plant. The other person is on the lower ledge where there's no floor. And that person has to walk around where he has plenty of room to move, but guide the other person on a track that's mostly invisible, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So it's it's very, very interesting and very fun. They've done they've done a great job. The other thing that I do have to say, and maybe you haven't gotten to one of these levels yet, but they've licensed a lot of music for this game. OK, I haven't actually gotten to one of them yet, but I know that there's some licensed music because I put together that next gen highlights episode of BG Mania last week. Right. And I explored the soundtrack of Sackboy and I saw that, like, you know, uh, what what was it? Uh, Uptown Funk, I think, was one of the I was like, what the fuck is what? this doing okay. in this game? <laughs> yes. So keep, keep playing. That's one of the early stages. It is in the first world, but that is a stage that is absolutely 1000% worth playing because the way that they integrate the music into the level is so cool. It is so cool and so much fun to go through. Um how does this um pair with the haptic uh feedback? I mean, there I mean there's like rumble in certain parts and stuff like that, but nothing it doesn't take advantage. Astros. Yeah, it doesn't take advantage of it nearly like Astro's Playroom okay. or, or okay. other things. I was curious yeah. on that. OK. Yeah, they de they definitely don't take near the the advantage of it. But obviously, when you're pulling the anal beads out of the ground, you can feel the tension on the, <laughs> yes, the triggers yeah. <laughs> as you're pulling those out. As you should when you pull anal beads out of the ground. Of course. <laughs> of mean, course. It's going to be a little resistant. <laughs> But some of the background music, too, is are, is a remixed version of a licensed song. I did play a level yesterday that was Material, mater, excuse me, Material Girl by Madonna. That's Madonna, right? She sings Material Girl. I no, she believe so. Yeah. Is that Madonna? And I am a material girl. I think somebody, so. Somebody fact check that for me. 
I'm pretty material, sure. Material Girl is Madonna. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. But it's like this remixed version of that song in the background. And I didn't recognize it at first, but the more I listened to it, I was like, I think this is Material Girl. And it was, and I listened to it, and it was really good. And I've come across a couple of those, and I know that I've missed a couple when I wasn't just, I wasn't paying attention or I had the volume down too much to really notice. Right. And I'm sad about that because they're really cool versions of these songs. Hello, everybody. It's Kyle from The Media Files. And if you don't know what The Media Files is, what are you even doing? The Media Files is a pop culture review to help you get through those boring water cooler conversations. Every episode, a special guest and I will be talking about something happening in pop culture, whether it's movies, television, music, books, sports, video games, you name it, we'll talk about it. Subscribe to The Media Files on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll see you there. We've talked several games, we've been talking a while about games today. Did anybody finish anything this week as we move into uh, week 48 for the Game Challenge update? What do we got? Me neither. Dan? Well, I, well, I beat Godfall because I missed last week. I wasn't able That's to. That's right. Yeah, you're, you're, you're talking two weeks. So over the last yeah. two weeks, Dan, what have you finished besides Godfall? That's all I finished. <laughs> I am working on the Black Ops campaign. Um, but yeah, that, that's all I've beaten. It's been a pretty crazy few weeks for me. Finishing um, Godfall takes you up to 23. You're two away two from away. your goal of 25. You're Perfect. there. You've, you, you, you arrived where you wanted to. You've done basically an average of two a month. So you just do yeah. two in December and you're good to go. Good. And we'll have black ops will be one of them. So yeah, we're, we're, I'm, I'm glad to actually meet this goal. Uh, Sean, not here this week, still at two, but I happen to know he finished uh Spider-Man miles Morales. So he's technically at three, but we'll let him update his own list. Next not week miles back Morales. On the show. That's what I'll, well, remastered one. That's what I meant remastered, to say. Yeah. 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 Uh, Kyle, you're at 38 still, and I am still at 87. So I was going to finish Valhalla this week, but like I said, Shadowlands, Shadowlands is good. So, yeah, a lot of great <laughs> games dropping all at the same time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but that uh, music right there means we are jumping into the new release roulette. But before we get to this week's new releases, we do have to go over last week's guesses, even though Sean's not here, Kyle, which means you would technically win by default. Anyway, we still need to go over last week's results. The first game we talked about was Shadowlands. I guessed it would come in at a 78. Kyle, you put 24 on it going under. Sean put 18 on it going over. I had a feeling that we would be saying uh, no top critic average for Shadowlands as of press time. Uh, We've only got two reviews so far and one of them scored and one of them was unscored. So we do not have an average for Shadowlands yet. But that brings us to Football Manager 2021. I guessed it would come in at an 86. Kyle, you put six on it for dead on. Sean went 12 on it going under. 16 reviews. And you're goddamn right. 86 is that top critic average. Holy hell. Wow. So Kyle, even though Sean's not here, it's still a legit victory. You're in the five-time payout for 30 points. And you're still on top for another week in a row. Man, oh man, look at that. Which means you are the big bad Fruity Duty Duty champion. I don't know what Sean says every time of Level Down Games and the Level Down Games podcast. You get the pick of the week. You get the final words. You're just the all around best man. Back on top of the world, like Nero. Man. Back on top of the world. <laughs> and a good week, actually. We got five games. I actually think a pretty decently strong week. One game, uh, one of my most anticipated games of the year, so... Let's jump into the new release roulette this week. We've got five games, as I mentioned. Game number one coming tomorrow. PC, PS4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, Empire of Sin. 
Empire of Sin is a new strategy game brought to you by Romero Games and Paradox Interactive that puts you at the heart of the ruthless criminal underworld of 1920s Prohibition-era Chicago. And yes, that is John Romero, Romero Games. Slip into the shoes of one of the 14 real and historically inspired mob bosses such as Al Capone, Stephanie St. Clair, or Goldie Garneau, and assemble a ragtag gang, build and manage your criminal empire, and defend your turf from rival gangs. It's up to you to hustle, charm, and intimidate your way to the top, and do whatever it takes to stay there. Break a leg. I'm looking forward to this. It's been something that I've been keeping an eye on since they announced it. Uh, looks like a nice little isometric kind of slash top-down view uh, strategy type game. I'm going to check it out. I don't know when, but I'm going to check it out because of the premise. I, I actually like mafia style stuff, and this one just seems really cool, man. I'm looking forward to it. It's like a, it's XCOM, but mafia. Yeah, but exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> game number two coming also tomorrow on PC, PS4, Xbox One. Twin Mirror, I believe just episode one, Lost on Arrival. Sam Higgs was done with Basewood, West Virginia, but it seems it wasn't done with him. When the former investigative journalist returns to his hometown to say a final farewell to his best friend, it soon becomes clear that there are more chapters to be written in his troubled history. Forced to confront his past, Sam finds himself torn between reconnecting with his loved ones and using his unique intellectual abilities to uncover the town's dark secrets. But how do you know who to trust when you're not even sure you can trust yourself? The award-winning storytellers at Don't Nod invite you on another twisting adventure. Oh, I mean, Don't Nod, dude, I'm in. So I will play Don't this. Nod just... They, they just crank man, them they out, man. Out so they crank much. them out. They crank them out. It's wild. <laughs> it's crazy. But I am looking forward to this, uh, you know, Twin Mirror, very, very much like a Twin Peak style thing. Seems really cool. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, they they usually produce some good stuff, so I, I will jump in. Maybe not right away. I might wait till all episodes are out, but I will play this at some point because I do like Don't Nod stuff, and, and I do want to play it. Game number three. We're jumping to Thursday. Coming to PC, PlayStation 5, and Xbox Series, and Xbox One. It's Haven. Does love really conquer all? You and Kay have escaped to a forgotten planet, leaving everything they knew behind. Play two lovers at the same time as they settle into an unknown world. Explore the planet looking for parts and material to fix your ship and make it a cozy home. Enjoy moments of everyday life as a relatable couple while cooking meals, crafting, and collecting precious resources to make it to the next day. Fight against those trying to tear you apart by synchronizing actions in combat, finding the perfect timing and rhythm while controlling both characters and battling to keep them and their relationship alive. In this unexpected RPG adventure, explore the beautifully eerie and unstable planet while enjoying the thrilling soundtrack of renowned musician danger we've seen this a few times at uh conferences over the past year and i am really looking forward to haven Which i think one this is game this? looks this is the one where you, you always see like the guy and the girl they're holding hands and they're like kind of floating through fields oh yeah it, it okay. sort of looks like they're glowing blue the blues are very cut like a a staple color of this yes. world um i had a feeling that would kind of trigger it in your memory but yeah this game looks tight dude i'm really looking forward to checking this out it's them I'm probably floating gonna pick through this up all on that ps5 all that grass that that makes yep, me remember 100%, it. that's it that's it yep okay uh I, I think i'm gonna pick this up on ps5 because i want more games on my ps5 even though i'm out of space we don't have a price for this uh i could not find it which is why i did not plug it into the script i could not find the price of this one so i don't know what it's gonna be 
I tried, I looked at all three different storefronts that it's on, and both of them just have pre-order now without an actual price listed. So I was unable to figure it out. Even Steam didn't have a price, which sucked. So I don't know, but I'm looking forward to it. Game number four. This is the one that's one of my most anticipated games of this year still, coming on Thursday to PC, PS5, PS4, Xbox Series, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and Google Stadia. It's fucking everywhere. Immortals Phoenix Rising. Discover a stylized open world across seven unique regions as you take on the role of Phoenix, a winged demigod on a quest to save the Greek gods. Wield the power of ancient weapons like Achilles' sword and is that, we talked about it, Daedalus, right? Is that how we say that one? Or, or Daedalus. I forget how we pronounced it. I don't remember last. We pronounced it like two weeks ago when we talked about the season they pass. They spell it weird. It, like in, in mythology, it's Daedalus, but they spell it different. Daedalus is the is the guy that made the labyrinth and he ends up making Icarus's wings. So I have to assume it's the same person, but it's spelled I would different assume than so. they have it spelled I would here. Assume so. so Daedalus is how it's pronounced. Well, even, I like, mean, you know, wield the power of ancient weapons like Achilles sword or Daedalus's wings. So I right, mean, that's what I Daedalus's wings makes me think that it's probably that person, but I don't know why they spelled it like that. That's a spelling I'm unfamiliar with. Anyways, uh, anyways, yeah, we'll be doing that to battle powerful enemies and solve ancient puzzles, fight iconic mythological beasts and use diverse weapons to deal devastating damage. But remember, we talked about the season pass, like, was it last week or the week before on the show and the Sean Waltman lightning round and last how they're week, basically yep. yeah, uh, last week. putting out three separate games as, as DLC <laughs> on top of this. I'm really looking forward to this and, and how the world is basically like done in, in the Breath of the Wild style. I, I think this game is going to surprise a lot of people this week. I'm looking forward to jumping in. And I still have Ubisoft Connect. Like I said, that's how I played Watch Dogs Legion. That's how I'm playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla. And that's how I plan to play Immortals Phoenix Rising. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I can, and for what is it? $10, $15, 15 bucks. Yeah. For $15. I mean, that's an easy sell. Yeah. 15 bucks for those three games in the fall. Plus you get all the, uh, the season passes for all three games. Fuck. Yeah, dude, totally in. And I will be gladly playing some Immortals Phoenix Rising, uh, later this week. Game number five, last game this week coming on Friday, just to the Nintendo switch fire emblem, shadow dragon and the blade of light. Play the Famicom classic that started the Fire Emblem legacy, localized for the first time. Meet Marth and recruit some of the most beloved Fire Emblem characters in their 8-bit glory as you play through all 25 chapters of this classic Famicom tactical role-playing game. As I said, localized and released for the first time in North America, but only for a limited time. I think this goes through, I should have grabbed the date, I think it's what, the same time frame is Mario for next year, right? So probably March, I think, is when this is available through. I don't know okay, exactly, yeah, though. I think so. I, but I think so. But because this game is only $5.99, if you're a fan of Fire Emblem and you don't buy this, shame on you. It's $6! <laughs> uh, is this the one that Sean went off on? Yeah, yeah Sean was Sean. Like, okay. It's no, only okay. $6! I want a new Fire Emblem. And I was like, Sean, a new Fire Emblem came out last year and you didn't play it. And it was fucking amazing. It was incredible. Yeah, one of the best games of last year. Stupid Sean, oh, don't man, listen to Sean. What a loser. <laughs> Kyle, you're buying this, right? Six bucks, why would you not? Yeah, I'll use coins on this for sure. Even if you didn't plan on playing it right away, six fucking dollars. Yeah, I think I have enough coins to buy this. So I might even just buy it with coins, who knows? All right, well, those are the games. Now here are the scores. For Empire of Sin, I'm gonna go with the 74. For Twin Mirror, I'm gonna go with the 79. For Haven, I'm gonna go with the 72. For Immortals Phoenix Rising, I think it's gonna surprise people. Like I said, I think I'm gonna go with an 86. And then for Fire Emblem, I'm gonna go with an 84. 
While the guys get their bets figured out, let's jump to a preview of BG Mania, a video game music podcast. Last week on the show, we celebrated video game music and BG Mania for the Thanksgiving holiday by putting up five episodes, three of which were brand new, including a next generation highlight reel, piano YouTube covers, and an episode dedicated to the holiday shopping season with shop tunes. Here's a clip from that one, which Kyle sat in with me on. So, you know, I lived in Japan for a few years. Yeah. And shop music. And I think that this is why it's such a big deal in video games. Shop music is a real thing in Japan. And every store has their own jingle or theme song or or tune that they play both in their commercials and while you're in the store. Now, some more modern stores, like if you go into a clothing store, they'll play upbeat, like kind of trendy pop music. Yeah, like you kind would of like in what we American have here in the store. States. Yeah, exactly. exactly. But if you go into a grocery store or an electronic store or a drug store, they have their own music. And so it's this, when we see it in video games, that's really what it is, is an emulation of what's happening where the developers made the games. It's funny that you say that. Hear it a little bit. Uh, not in this next block, but the one that comes after. We're going to play a track from Persona 5. And that's like the music that is in the, the air shop or the airsoft gun place where you go and buy all your equipment and armor and that kind of stuff. Gotcha. But in Persona 4, the main character, like they always go to this store called Juness and his like in-game sister is obsessed with their jingle. It's like, every day's great at your Juness. And just like hearing you talk about how Japanese stores and that kind of stuff have their own like jingles and sound. It just kind of reminds me, we're not playing music from Persona 4 today, but it reminds me of that. So you're, that's well, funny that's, that you that's mentioned That's the that. entire point of the jingle is to get caught in your head. Brand new episodes of BG Mania are available every Wednesday and Saturday. Come join us on this musical adventure. Okay, so for Empire of Sin, I'm going six under. For Twin Mirror, I'm going six under. For Haven, I'm going nine under. And for Immortals Phoenix Rising, uh, I'm going to go nine over. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to Phoenix Rising. Hopefully it gets more than an 86. That'd be incredible. Kyle, what are you going with? Strangely enough, very similar to Dan. <laughs> and this was not planned. We didn't like. Yeah, you guys typed it in the Discord at the same time. So I can't assume yeah. that. Uh, right. I can't assume that Dan gamed the system because his did come in a couple seconds after yours. I can't imagine he cheated, but maybe he did. Who knows? I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> so I also am going I want to win this legitimately. I'm also going six points under the 74 for Empire of Sin. Also doing six points under the 79 for Twin Mirror. But I'm doing nine over the 72 on Haven and nine under the 86 for Immortals. Before we came back into the official recording, I liked how you guys were kind of justifying your your pit. And you guys like literally did it the same way where you were going to you said you're going to put six on each one, but then chose to omit Fire Emblem because of the very high possibility that it won't have enough reviews next week by the time of recording. So, uh, yeah, putting the extra three apiece on Haven and Immortals. I'm looking forward to this week. I think this is going to be a good week of gaming. Uh, Haven looks like a lot of fun. Immortals looks incredible. Fire Emblem should be good. I mean, Empire of Sin looks fun and Twin Mirror. It's still not. Every game this week, I could see myself playing. 
Well, when we talk about the scores next week, Empire, and, Empire of Sin and Twin Mirror won't matter since Dan and I voted exactly. the exact yeah, same true. thing. Exactly. Yeah. It's going to come down to Haven and Immortals. And if you get a right score, which you have been recently, a right score on either Haven or Immortals, it comes down to the one the game. Yep, yeah, it chooses man, yeah. the winner. That's exciting. I'm looking forward to next week. We'll see how it goes. Um, that brings us to the other games releasing this week. Tomorrow, Chronos Before the Ashes releases on PC, PS4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, as does Worms Rumble on PC, PS5, and PS4. Then on Wednesday, Fortnite Chapter 2 Season 5 releases, as does Sam and Max Save the World Remastered on PC and Nintendo Switch, and Shiren the Wanderer, The Tower of Fortune and the Dice of Fate on PC and Nintendo Switch. Probably one of the longest titles of a game this year. On Thursday, El Ijo, a Wild West Tale, which looks incredible, releases for PC and Google Stadia, and Morbid, The Seven Acolytes, releases for PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. Kyle, pick of the week goes to you this week. Pick of the week for me. It's a tough week. This is a tough week. It is a tough week. It is a tough week. It's going to be Immortals Phoenix Rising, man. I mean, how could it not be? Well, I'm really looking forward to it. I think that Haven might end up being like a sleeper hit. I hope it is. I really hope it is. The reason I went with a 72 is because I could see this game being completely devoid of anything to do and reviewing negatively because of that. Like I could see it. I could see it just being a game where you're floating around the open world in the grass with your partner and, and maybe people being upset about that. Now, so from know. what I can tell, it is a two player co-op game and is meant to be played as a two player co-op game. Uh, I don't know. The just the description said control them at the same time. So I don't know. Play two lovers at the same time. I think you're controlling both at the same time. When one with well, one stick, one with the other. Some of us are used to playing two lovers at the same time, Brian. Some of us no. are used to playing with two sticks at once, Kyle. I'm just kidding. <laughs> You know what? Let me uh, let me do a little more research. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Oh, you want it before you choose the uh, game? No, 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 no. I'm still going to Mortals, but I am looking for I think that Haven. Oh, okay. might, if listen, if Haven is a co-op two player game, there's a really good chance I'm I'm picking it up. Oh, but you know what that music means, Sean? Oh, wait, you're not here. It's time Damn for the it, Sean Waltman lightning round. <laughs> Okay, so it's, uh, sorry, single player or shared split screen co-op is what it's officially billed as. There you go. There you go. So either or. Either or. But we are now in the Sean Waltman lightning round. We've got 12 minutes on the clock. We're going to go through each one of these new stories. We should be able to get through these in a plenty of time. And yeah, I'm just pulling up the stopwatch here. 12 minutes on the clock. The lightning round begins right now. Neo The World Ends With You has been announced by Square Enix for PS4 and Nintendo Switch. It is currently scheduled to release worldwide summer 2021. Neo The World Ends With You is the follow-up to the hit action RPG The World Ends With You. Neo The World Ends With You transports players to the streets of Shibuya where they will take part in the Reapers game, a life or death battle for survival. Players will take on the role of Rindo as they explore the heart of Tokyo to uncover the mysteries behind the sinister game in which they have been forced to take part. Neo The World Ends With You brings a recreation of modern Shibuya to life in a unique and comic-inspired style. Players can explore and enjoy the sights, sounds, and culture of this bustling city, fight monsters alongside their ally companions in fast-paced action battles, and complete missions as they seek to change the fate they've been handed. Stealth quick announcement this past week, but I am totally digging the style. That trailer sold me on the game. I cannot wait to play it. Uh, I've seen a lot of people complaining that it looked very similar to, like, Persona, uh, specifically Persona 5, because they're in Shibuya and um, Tokyo Mirage Sessions. But that's OK, dude. I, I'm into this. This game looks great. 
I'm excited to play it. God's Will Fall has been announced by publisher Deep Silver and developers Clever Beans for PS4, Xbox One, Nintendo <laughs> Switch, and PC. It will launch on January 29th, 2021. You are the last hope for humanity. The God's torturous rule over humanity has lasted for millennia. Bent on cruelty and suffering, they demand to be served with blind worship through an oath of fealty pledged, pledged from every man woman, and child. To those who don't submit to the gods' will, a slow and merciless death awaits. Experience the brutal trials of a venturous band of warriors. Gosh, this is a bleak description. In their desperate <laughs> plight to sever the gods' callous grip on humanity. Every man and woman who can muster a blade, having suffered the brutality, bloody hell, having suffered the brutality of the gods' reigns for too long, will be called upon to form your plan of eight Celtic survivors and rise up to take on the legions of horrific beasts and minions that dwell in each of the gods' hellish realms. <laughs> a personal tale emerges with every decision made, succeed and see legends born, fail and watch lives turn to dust. Gosh, that just sounds sad. <laughs> <laughs> I linked the trailer in the uh, the staff channel as you were talking about it. It's totally our style of game, though, man. It's basically like a, a, a cel-shaded... Diablo. That's all it is. This game looks so good. I, Somebody I'm actually... needs to make like an isometric ARPG that's not about like demons, hell and blood. Like, why can't we have like a really fun, like lighthearted <laughs> isometric ARPG? Yeah, like a like a Nino Cooney style isometric RPG. <laughs> this one's, be... one's kind of neat, though. I, I don't I don't hate this. Rockstar Games will release Red Dead Online as a standalone game tomorrow, December 1st, at an introductory price of $4.99 until February 21st, 2021, when the price will change to $19.99. The new standalone version of Red Dead Online will require up to 123 gigabytes of space <laughs> and will also include the option to unlock Red Dead Redemption 2 story mode purchased separately. Yeah, I'm going to probably have to try to make some room because I definitely want to pick this up. Well, I mean, I, I think... For anybody that doesn't own Red Dead Redemption 2, now, you know, I, I was talking to Sean, he owns it, he doesn't matter. I own Red Dead Redemption 2, but I'm still buying the $5 Red Dead Online standalone release because I don't want to put the disc in every time I want to play Red Dead Online. Okay, and the entirety of Red Dead Redemption 2 is in 123 gigabytes, though. What did they do to the online mode? Well, it's massive. And they've added a ton of content since like GTA online takes up a fuck ton of space too now, just because of how massive that game is. They've added a ton of stuff to the online uh, portion of the game. I, I don't know why it's that big. I don't that I can't say, but I, I can justify it having a, a pretty big storage space requirements. But yeah, I don't know how I'm going to install this. I don't know that I actually will be able to install this. I'm going to definitely buy it, but I don't know that I'm going to put it on my PS5 right away. I'll probably get this. I'm I think I'm going to buy it. Well, I think all of us are going to have it. And I think yeah, I've been be... wanting to dive into Red Dead. So I think this will be give me a reason to do it. And Sean already made his character at Red Dead Online. So, uh, yes, he did. oh, yeah. yeah. Hunky McClucker or whatever. Hunky McCluckerton or something like that. Exactly. <laughs> but it'd be fun if the four of us rolled around in that game and played together because we all have PS Plus. So we definitely need to do that. It'd be fun. Made a little gang. Agreed. Made a little made a little gang. Yeah. Exactly. The uh, bandana boys. I'm right 1000 percent in. I'm there. <laughs> 
It'll be fun. The uh, the Pokemon Company teased its Pokemon 25th anniversary celebrations during the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade this past Thursday. It will celebrate its 25th anniversary on February 27th, 2021. The parade saw a troop of Pikachu dance to the original theme of Pokemon in Herald Square and ended with Pokemon trainers unfurling a massive banner unveiling the official logo for the 25th anniversary. Uh, they did say that more information would be coming soon about the uh, 25th anniversary of Pokemon. I'm curious what they're going to announce. Maybe maybe we'll get maybe that's where they're going to do the uh, another Let's Go game. I have no idea, but we should find out soon. I think the more important thing here is that the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade this past week was not that good. I didn't you watch know? it. I did. But... I watched it from start to finish. And it I mean, even with the covid restrictions and not having a live crowd and the differentness of of just 2020 in and of itself, it just didn't feel like a Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. I don't know. I al- I also am, am very nostalgic for the parades of past, though, because I feel like ever since like the mid 2000s, the parade has just been on a steady decline. So I don't know. Yeah. People don't watch parades anymore. No, they don't. No. And yeah, it's they need to have the parade in Fortnite now just to get some. Publicity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Get a Fortnite balloon. December's oh, free games for both Xbox Live games with gold and PlayStation Plus have been announced. On Xbox for Xbox Series and Xbox One, you'll be able to get The Raven Remastered, Saints Row, Gat Out of Hell, and Bleed 2. On Xbox 360, playable with black backward compatibility. Holy sh- On Xbox 360, playable with backward compatibility, you can get stacking. On PlayStation, remember Bug Snacks is still available to download until January, and Worms Rumble will be available for PlayStation 5. Over on PS4, playable through backward compatibility, you can download Just Cause 4 and Rocket Arena. Not a bad month. Not a bad month of free games right there. Again, I do think that PlayStation takes this oh, one yeah. over Xbox. Oh, yeah. Sony, Sony's it. offerings are definitely stronger. Uh, Worms Rumble, we just talked about it in the new release roulette. That's a new release this week. I'll pick that up. I'll play so, it. Oh, yeah. And supposedly that's like a 32-player hybrid Battle Royale type experience. Right. Oh. So... So Dan you might be pitching a tent. Royale. Yeah, Dan might yeah. be pitching a tent about some Worms <laughs> yeah. Rumble. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, I'll hop in with you uh, one night this uh, week. And Dan. then, no, I think I, I will too. I think it'd you be fun to play it on, you, on, yeah. on if you stream, play on stream together. Later this week, uh, we'll do an LTG stream. Yeah, that'd be yeah, fun. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, we can figure something out for sure. Uh, but Just Cause 4 is a nice game to just kind of run around in and, and fuck shit up and blow things up. So that'd be cool. And then Rocket Arena is, is something I've been meaning to download and play because it's free on PC now, too. Uh, I might jump into Rocket Arena. Who knows? I might play that, too. Is that, uh, Rocket Arena is the one we talked about, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's free yeah. on Origin now, but we talked yeah. about it. And yep. uh, yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. I will say the one that looks all right over on xbox is stacking which is a double fine game i did play that game a few years ago it is weird like all of double fines games but it's fun but it's fun and i enjoyed it exactly dan close us out all right as always a few delays to end the lightning round uh watchdogs legions online multiplayer update has been delayed from its previously planned launch date of this thursday to sometime in the beginning of 2021 uh the reason for the delay according to the devs is to put all their focus into fixing the single player mode and the issues the game has been experiencing since launch before shifting their focus back to testing the online experience and getting that up and running and then studio mdhr announced a delay for the dlc to cuphead 
op-ed titled the, the, the Delicious Last Course to Sometime Next Year. Yeah, it's unfortunate that we aren't getting that Cuphead DLC, Kyle. You you and I talked about it. We've been on, waiting on uh, it for a long time, man. Yeah, we talked about it recently on BG Mania last week, and I, I, I do want to play that DLC. But I think the uh, the crazy thing here, Watch Dogs Legion is just a mess. Like, they, they're going to be rightfully trying to fix the single-player campaign and the content that's already out before launching the online multiplayer. I think that's a smart move. But I am intrigued to see what the online multiplayer ends up being once it comes out, because that could still be a lot of fun. Like, that might bring me back to Watch Dogs Legion. Because for now, because I finished it, I am 100 hundred percent done with that game i do not plan on going back to it at all so we'll see um quick thing here i i I didn't put it in the lightning round but sev put a trailer this morning saga frontier remastered got announced for playstation 4 nintendo switch and pc uh due out summer 2021 worldwide Uh, i might check that out i watched the trailer sev put in discord it actually looks really charming i need to read a little bit more about it i haven't even read the press release yet because it's so new but uh man we haven't seen that game since like 98 on the playstation so I, I am looking forward to it. Square Enix definitely been kind of bringing back some of their older games and Saga Frontier was good. So we'll see. I might pick it up again. Who knows? But that, of course, is the lightning round just in time as the 12 minutes is getting ready to expire soon. Pretty good week, but a light week, of course, in news here in the U.S. We had uh, Thanksgiving last week holiday. Nobody worked on Thursday and Friday, so we only had three days worth of news to get through. Hey everybody, it's Jessica here, and I decided to do my own podcast called Romance Me Up. That's where every other week I like to discuss with you guys casually different romantic visual novels and help you guys get romanced up on a bi-weekly basis. If you guys like to talk about romance visual novels or even just to like to listen to romantic visual novel music or just visual novel music in general, please feel free to join me again every other week. I will see you guys then and until then, keep the romance alive. But I mentioned it earlier, the Game Awards 2020 is next week and I am really really excited not the official level down games awards we're not talking about the ldg awards we'll talk more about the ldg awards as we get further into the month of december but we're talking the official jeff Keeley game awards this year yeah thursday december 10th will be live youtube.com forward slash level down games I don't know who's going to be with me. It might just be me. Kyle, if you want to sit in, you can. Dan, if you want to sit in, you can. I'm going to be reacting live. I have no idea. I'll be out of town. I have no idea what time it starts. I do not know. Probably uh, eight. Let me see. Let me click the watch thing on there. I think it's like eight or nine Eastern, five or six Pacific, maybe. Uh, Don't miss the live pre-show 30 minutes before the main event. Los Angeles, 3.30 p.m., which would mean for us, Dan, 6.30 p.m. Okay. So. So, okay, so, so 4, pre- 4 p.m. is when it starts. Yeah, it'll be live from probably f- uh, 7 until 10 Thursday night. I could, I could probably do that. Yeah, I'll be live over at Twitch. Uh, I almost said Twitch over at uh, YouTube.com forward slash level down games. At least it'll be me. But Dad might be there. Kyle will be out of town. I doubt Sean will be there. But make sure you tune in if you want to watch along with us here at level down games. But before we do that, I want to go over the categories. I want to go over everything that they announced for the Game Awards and and see if we can uh, pick and choose the winners. Now, this isn't like 
our picks. I don't want to say like we're picking these because it's what we think or what we want to win. I want us to try to predict what we think is going to win. You know what I mean? So even though like game of the year might be, I don't know, pick something. Who, Kyle, what's your game of the year? Doom, Doom Eternal. It might not win the official game of the year at the game awards. So I want us to kind of predict like what we think is going to win there and not just kind of like what we want to win. <laughs> okay. Uh, but I'm going to, I scrolled all the way down. We'll start at the bottom and go to the top up to game of the year. We'll start at the bottom like they did. Best esports team. Do we care? Uh, Damn One Gaming, Dallas Empire, G2 Esports, San Francisco Shock, and Team Secret are your five nominees. I don't I don't really know much about any of them no. outside so, of San Francisco Shock. So I do a little bit. I can almost guarantee you that this is going to go to G2 Esports. G2 is a European League of Legends team that went very, very far this year in the world scene and shocked a lot of people. They ended up being kind of the almost the favorite at one point, and it was a huge deal. They they have a lot of or did uh, one of the players just got traded, but had a lot of really interesting players, really great organization. I think they're probably a shoe in for this. Oh, yeah, I can see that. I mean, that's kind of who I was leaning toward as well. Um, they they are one of the bigger names in esports, so. I think they probably will win. Uh, best esports host. Another five nominees. We have Alex Golden Boy Mendez, Alex Machine Richardson. Oh, man, I don't know how to pronounce some of these. Efe Schultz Deporter. I don't know how to pronounce her name. I apologize. I butchered your name. That's that's Effie Schultz Deporter. There you go. James Dash Patterson and Jorian Shiver Vander Heiden. Um, again, I'm not familiar with a ton of these people, but I have a feeling Alex Mendez will probably win. Okay, so the two that I'm familiar with are Shox and Dash. Shox is a very, very popular commentator for League of Legends and is very, very good at what she does. Dash is very good as well, but Shox has been recently casting streams. She's a European caster. I want to say she's Dutch. You typically casts in English. Recently, she casted a stream in her fifth language, did a German stream. Dang. And so she's casting League of Legends in five different languages right now. So maybe she should win. Yeah, she's won before. I, I'm almost positive. She actually just did the esports awards on Twitch the other day. She was the host. Oh, nice. So again, maybe bias. I just think she's a really good reporter. I think she's good for the industry. And is very, very talented at what she does. Dash is also good, but he's not shocks. So best esports game. Five more categories or five more nominees. Call of Duty Modern Warfare, Counter-Strike Global Offensive, Fortnite, League of Legends and Valorant. I have a feeling League of Legends is going to pick this up. I don't know, though. But I, if we're talking just esports, that League of Legends will probably win this category. It's hard to say because Modern Warfare is really big right now. Counter-Strike is also always huge. Yeah. Fortnite's been on the decline, so I don't see Fortnite winning it this year. Me neither. But Valorant came out this year, and Valorant was a big release this year that a lot of people are still playing, and it's still a kind of a huge scene, so... That could go a lot of different directions. I don't know. I mean, all the esports stuff is stuff that I really I don't know. Like best esports event, uh, Blast Premier, Spring 2020 European Finals, Call of Duty League Championship 2020, IEM Katowice 2020, League of Legends World Championship 2020, and the Overwatch League Katowice, Overwatch League Grand Finals 2020. Uh, those are your five nominees for best esports event. 
I don't know what's going to win that either. I really don't. I also don't care. <laughs> so that's probably why I don't, I don't know. Uh, maybe the yeah. Overwatch League. Maybe. I don't know. But I, but I don't know. Uh, Best Esports coach. Again, one of those that I just don't know anything about. Danny Zonic Sorison. Uh, Dehe Krusty Park. What a name. Fabian Grabs Loman. <laughs> Lee Zeffa Jamin. And Raymond Rambo Lucier. No idea. Not a clue. I don't know anything about. I, yeah, I don't know anything about any of those gentlemen. So we're just going to skip that one and probably also skip best esports athlete. We've got five people up for grabs on this one as well, although I am familiar with several of these names. Uh, Ian Crim Six Porter, Heo Showmaker Sue, Kim Canyon, Gian Boo, Anthony Shotzi, Cuevas Castro and Matthew Zywood Hairboot or Hairbot, however you pronounce his last name. Uh, I again, no idea. I'm familiar with Shotzi. Maybe he'll you know. Win. As much as I love esports, uh, these aren't athletes. We should we should save that word. <laughs> Best <laughs> esports competitor. Maybe a bit of a better way to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, because they're not really athletes. You're right. Uh, best debut game. Here we go. Let's get into this. For the best debut game created by a new independent studio. Five nominees. Carry On, Mortal Shell, Raji, and Ancient Epic, Roki, and Phasmophobia. This is a good category right here. I like this one. A really good category that... Uh, man, it's almost hard to not say Phasmophobia. I think they probably deserve it. I think that's going to win. I think yeah, that's going to win. And it's been, a, well. it's been such a big phenomenon and the developers have been really, really cool about the development process as well and are actually changing what they planned on doing with the game because of the response from the fans. And you have to love somebody like that. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I think Phasmophobia wins here. Uh, content creator of the year. We got Alana Pierce, J. Ann Lopez, Nick Merckx, Tim the Tapman, and Valkyrie. Five names that I'm absolutely familiar with. This honestly could go to any five of them. I don't know who's going to pick up this category. Personally, I want Alana Pierce to win. I think she deserves it. But I think any five of these people could win. It would be hard to not give it to Valkyrie. Also, she's been huge this year. Yeah. And Tim the Tapman has been huge, too. Like, dude, well, yeah, like the I said, whole Fall Guys thing going yeah, on. Yeah, Like I said, like all five of these names, I could easily see any of them winning. So I don't know which way that's going to go. Tim, Tim could win if he shaved his beard. That beard is disgusting. Yeah, Dan. No, that's a good beard. That's a good, well-groomed beard right there. Best multiplayer game. We've got Animal Crossing New Horizons, Among Us, Call of Duty Warzone, Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout, and Valorant. A tough category right here. Two games don't deserve to be on this list. Number one, Animal Crossing New Horizons has a terrible multiplayer system. Absolutely doesn't belong yeah, on this I list. I would, I would agree with that. And Among Us came out in 2018. Does not belong okay, on this list. Okay, that's what I was about to say. I thought I Among agree. Us wasn't this year. I agree with that as well. But it, it definitely got like super popular this year. So I could see why it's on here. But I agree that neither one of the two on there. I, I actually think Fall Guys deserves to win. I'm going to go Warzone on this one. I think Warzone, Warzone. deserves Hell to win. Hell yeah. There we go. Warzone is is one of the biggest first person shooters we've seen in a long time in terms of downloads and player stability. It's unbelievable. Absolutely. I think this but one. But this is the best multiplayer experience. It's hard. Uh, the Yeah. OK, well, I'm, I'm going with it, Warzone. It, it's a great shooter, but is it the best multiplayer experience? We'll see at the Game Awards next Thursday. <laughs> Uh, what's next? We've got best sports slash racing game. There five nominees, Dirt 5, F1 2020, FIFA 21, NBA 2K21 and Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. I think we're going to see NBA on this one. Uh, really? 2K21 is a great game. People have been really, really loving it. I think well, it's probably guess, the best game on the list. 
Yeah, I, I think NBA 2K 2021 probably is going to take this, even though I would love to see them give the nod to like Tony Hawk because that was yeah. so amazing. Oh, yeah. Awesome. I know yeah. that's my choice. Yeah, that would be my choice, too. But I but I do think that the probable winner at the Game Awards will be NBA 2K 21. Uh, best Sim slash strategy game. We've got five nominees. Crusader Kings three Desperados three. Gears Tactics, Microsoft Flight Simulator, and XCOM Chimera Squad. There's only one answer to this one. Well, I think there could be two answers. I think it's either going to come down to Crusader Kings 3 or Microsoft Flight Simulator. But I, I think, think the it's going to be Microsoft go to... Flight Simulator. Yeah, I was going to yeah, say, I think, I think the nod's sure. going to be given to Microsoft Flight Simulator. Flight Simulator is unbelievable this year. They did a yep. bang-up job with it. And as good as Crusader Kings 3 is, I think any other year it would have won. But I think Microsoft has taken this one. Yeah, I, I do think the flight sim kind of craze that happened over the summer and with the like integration with uh, the satellite imagery and, and the maps is dude, it's, it's an incredible game. So uh, I, I think they deserve it. Best family game. Five more AKA nominees. Well, best Nintendo game category. Six nominees, not even five, six nominees on this one. We have Animal Crossing New Horizons. Actually, there's only three Nintendo games. Yeah, usually it's um, all Nintendo games, so I, I know. So that's kind of surprising this year. Animal Crossing New Horizons, Crash Bandicoot 4, It's About Time, Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout, Mario Kart Live Home Circuit, Minecraft Dungeons, and Paper Mario, The Origami King. Oh, it'd, be, it'd be really man. hard to, to not I, choose New Horizons I, for this. I, I think New Horizons is going to clean up this category, yeah. I think that's probably the winner. I'm going to go, I'm going to say Fall Guys wins it. Fall Guys would be the one that I could see maybe getting the surprise victory. Yeah. I don't see anything else on this list kind of, you know, Crash Bandicoot was fun. Mario Kart Live I haven't played yet. Minecraft Dungeons was fun. Paper Mario I haven't finished, but I know Kyle was very in, into it. Uh, but I don't know that that's like a best family game. No, it's going to be Animal Crossing or it's going to be Fall Guys. And I think I don't think that Animal Crossing is probably going to win anything else on this list. As I don't big know of a that game as that was so, this year. Yeah. And so I think this is where it takes the award. I don't know that it will either. So, yeah, that, that might be the case. Uh, best fighting game. Five more nominees. We have Grand Blue Fantasy versus Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate Street Fighter 5 Champion Edition. One Punch Man, a hero nobody knows or Undernight Inbirth EXE late CLR. I don't know enough about fighting games. Yeah. I, and this is a kind of a, a crappy category this year because we don't really have any like outside of uh, Grand Blue Fantasy versus. I think all of these are just like updated versions of games that already existed anyway. So I don't really care. I would like to see Grand Blue Fantasy win because of that fact. But well, I have One a Punch feeling... Man was new, but I don't think that that but one isn't that just well. an updated version of a of another One Punch Man game. Oh, I don't know. I don't think that one reviewed well, though. I don't think it did either. Um, this is probably going to end up going to like Street Fighter five or Mortal Kombat 11. But I don't know. I But I, I think Grand Blue Fantasy should win. Um, best role playing game. Five more nominees. Final Fantasy VII Remake, Genshin Impact, Persona 5 Royal, Wasteland 3 and Yakuza Like a Dragon. Tough category. Here. This is a this is one of the toughest categories this year. Even though I like Wasteland 3, I think we have to omit Wasteland 3 because That's it doesn't. That's the only it, one that I can't see winning this category. Yeah, it the doesn't stand four, up to the other I four. I think have a have a very strong argument. And, and, and it's tough to predict which way it should go. Personally, I think Persona 5 Royal is going to win. But that's because it's a better game than any of the other four, at least from what I've played. Now, I will say Genshin Impact lit up the charts, though, in terms of being a free to play game. And 
Final Fantasy VII Remake, is it going to win anything else besides this? I don't know. So, um, dude, I, it's a tough category. Now, you may, you, that's where you make the, the argument here that either Persona 5 Royal or, or Final Fantasy VII Remake, this may be the only category for them to win. Right, right. And so I, you know, I think that I think that Final Fantasy VII Remake might win something else later, which is why I think this might go to Persona 5. I see. I, I Yeah, that's what I'm I'm kind of in agreement with that. But I honestly could see Genshin Impact playing spoiler in this category just because it's gotten so much positive press and, you know, it, it's a really good fucking game. So we'll see. Uh, six nominees for Best Action Adventure Game. We have Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Ghost of Tsushima, Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, which was last year, but because of their cutoff, they, they include it this year. And The Last of Us Part 2. Tough category. Best very, very tough category. Action Adventure. Yeah, oh, I think man. it's between three. Um, Yes, probably between Ghost of Tsushima, Last of Us Part 2. And Miles Morales. I think that that one kind of belongs on the list with the other ones. I think that those are now it's that's not to say that I don't think Ori and the Will of the Wisps belongs on this list. It absolutely does. does. But if we're talking action adventure, I I don't know that that's the best. I think Ghost of Tsushima is going to win this. I think that Ghost of Tsushima wins this. I I could really see Last of Us Part 2 taking it as well. Uh, Yeah, that would be my nod. I could see this and, and I could see those two games winning heavily in in categories that they're featured in so we will see best action game not action adventure just action doom eternal hades half-life alex neo 2 streets of rage 4 kyle boy you know you know it's gonna come down it's gonna come down to hades and doom eternal yeah half-life alex again i think deserves recognition but it's not gonna get it here it's gonna get it later uh this is between doom eternal and hades which way is this category going probably doom eternal right almost impossible for me to say ah gosh again i don't know that probably doom eternal it's probably i think it's probably got to be doom eternal i think overall it's probably it'll probably be doom eternal yeah i don't know though we'll see uh innovative uh innovation in accessibility i like this category here too assassin's creed valhalla grounded hyperdot the last of us part two and watchdogs legion are your five nominees and i will say if any game besides the last of us part two wins this it is a crap category i completely agree with you everything that the last of us part two did in terms of making yeah, that game accessible insane. to so many different uh, disabilities to so many different uh, i don't even know like they they just made that game so accessible you could customize everything that deserves to win <laughs> well and valhalla's done it as well sure but not valhalla to the has a lot of, of it of last but of last of us part two. two did it first and this is innovation so i do believe last of us part two wins this one uh best vr ar game five more nominees we have dreams half-life alex marvel's iron man vr star wars squadrons and the walking dead saints and sinners i think here's where uh this half-life is where half-life, half-life is alex yep. gets its recognition yep. they're gonna pick up the victory on this one for sure yep i can't see the only thing i could see potentially putting up a fight would be dreams but i think alex is gonna get the victory here Best community support, five, six, six nominees, Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Fall Guys, Ultimate Knockout, Fortnite, No Man's Sky, Valorant. Here's where I I think we see Fall Guys, Ultimate Knockout take the win. I agree with that. I, and I that's think not that... to say that any of these other games don't absolutely deserve to be on the list, with the exception, and Dan, maybe you can shed more light on this, Destiny 2, but... I think that Apex Legends, the team, the team behind Apex, the team behind Fortnite is always very 
executive puts out a lot of patches and updates. No Man's Sky deserves all the recognition in the oh, world yeah. Yeah. No for Man's what Sky Hello has, Games has, has done yeah, to their game. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And Riot's been really great with Valorant also. Uh, very, very stacked category in terms of community involvement and patches and updates and keeping these games alive. But because of the huge success of Fall, of Fall Guys, I think that's where we see the I win. think that probably will win too. Just the uh, the humor that the, the team kind of utilized on Twitter, how quick they gained exactly. followers this year. Exactly. Uh, that probably will win this. Yeah, I don't know how Spongy's like, what's the community support over there for Destiny 2, Dan? I mean, How's it's pretty like? good. I mean, they come out with um, uh, a lot of like, uh, I'm trying to think what they're called. Twabs, twabs? this week. Yeah, this week at Bungie. The fuck is this a week at Bungie. Okay. Yeah, twab. <laughs> yeah sorry. <laughs> so, no, I mean, they are, um, they're very transparent. They usually uh, have a lot of stuff to say. So I, I, I think they could definitely sneak in there. But I, I think with just everything that was going going on with fall guys it's going to be very tough i mean same thing with apex apex uh respawn. apex did explode this year yeah you're right yeah. apex so you know and i've kind of got back into it so yeah I, I think it's going to be really tough to be fall guys yeah i mean it's been the social has just blown up like crazy did you see they just announced uh season three it's going to be like I uh did, yeah winter, like winter. Yeah, yeah it's supposedly beginning of the, and i haven't even played any of season two man I, i've completely I, man. dropped off it's fall been guys. so hard to try to uh, uh, squeeze in games you know it's the first know. world problems i guess but i know <laughs> i've played a little bit and it's amazing still uh best mobile game five category or five nominees among us call of duty mobile genshin impact legends of runeterra and pokemon cafe mix even though we agree probably that Among Us, again, doesn't belong because it I came out in 2018, it it's going to win. It's gonna I win disagree. Game. I think we see Genshin Impact. I think this is where it gets its recognition. I think Among Us will, will get the recognition. And I actually probably believe Among Us will win the other one that we said it didn't belong in either. I think it'll win both of those categories. But um, I agree that Genshin Impact probably should win because it does deserve an award. Just not maybe like best RPG, but how's Call of Duty Mobile, Dan? Have you played it? I have actually. A guy at work told me about it. Um, and you can Bluetooth a damn controller, your uh, freaking Xbox One controller. And I was wrecking in it. And I've actually picked it up and like played. If I'm sitting on the couch for like a, a a few extra minutes waiting for the wife to get ready or something, I'll boot it up. And the games are super fast, so it's not like your traditional like Call of Duty. They're very. I mean, they're designed for mobile. It's just quick, fun games, and uh, it's a lot of fun. So. I've enjoyed it. Yeah. Interesting category. We'll yeah. see what happens. Uh, best indie game, a category that we always love here at Level Down Games. Uh, we've got five nominees. Carry on Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout, Hades, Spelunky 2 and Spirit Fair. Kyle, this is Kyle, the category. So what are we going with this? Yep. I think that we're going to see Hades on this one. I do believe that yeah, Hades. I would agree with that. Just the huge reception that Hades has had this year. I think that Supergiant Games fully deserves a win in this category at the very least. Now, not to say that Fall Guys, Spelunky, Spiritfarer, I loved. I haven't played Carry On yet, but these are games that are also amazing, also deserve to be nominated. But they came out against Hades this year, and that's a hard beat. Yeah, Hades is definitely going to win it's multiple categories, probably, and I could easily see it picking up this one. So I need to play it, man. I need to play it before the Level Down Games Awards. I'm going to I'm going to have to. I got to get it in there because it's so good. Look at all the nominees that's picking up here. We got to make sure I got to play it. Uh, best ongoing game. Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Call of Duty Warzone, Fortnite and No Man's Sky. This is where I think Warzone gets the victory here. I think Warzone will pick this one up. Either, you know, it's going to be either Warzone or Apex. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, but yeah, because, because I don't a lot of think shit right now, 
I don't think Warzone is going to win that other category that we said it might win. I forget which one it was already. Um, best multiplayer, probably. I think you guys said that when I said it probably should be Fall Guys, even though Among yeah. Us is probably going to win. Uh, I think ongoing should go to Warzone. I do. They're constantly changing the map. They're constantly like, you know, making it relevant to to what's going on in the games. They're going to be updating it for Cold War. Um, yeah. It, sh- um, it, sh- it should win. No, I, I agree. But I mean, Apex could be right there as well. Uh, man, that, that that's a bit of a tough category, really. Yeah. Uh, games for Impact. I always love this category. Basically, like a sentimental category. Five nominees, if found. Kentucky Route Zero TV Edition. Spirit Fair. Tell Me Why. And Through the Tell Darkest of why. Times. Spirit Fair, right? No. It's, no? No, I think no. I think that the win, the win here is going to go to Tell Me Why. You think so? See, I, I've played and finished Tell Me Why, and I actually think it's going to go to Spirit Fair. <laughs> it, I, I actually think that Spirit Fair is probably not even close to the win on this one. Oh, I think okay. it's wow. either going to be Tell Me Why. If it's not Tell Me Why, I think it's going to be Kentucky Route Zero TV edition. See, I've not played Kentucky Route Zero. Have you? I haven't, but I I've read a lot of a lot of articles on it when it came out earlier this year. It made a huge splash in the indie game industry in what it was able to do and the story that it was able to tell. Again, you got to think about in 2020. What are we looking yeah, at in that's 2020? True. For Tell me why games is more relevant. Tell me it's why a, is way more relevant. It's got to be a provoking game that has a pro-social meaning or a message to it. I think we're looking at Tell Me Why or Kentucky Route Zero, but Tell Me Why I think has this one locked in. I can see that. Yeah, you're probably right. We've got a handful of categories left. I think it's five or six here. Best performance. We've got five more nominees. Ashley Johnson as Ellie from The Last of Us Part 2. Laura Bailey as Abby, also from The Last of Us Part 2. Daisuke Suji as Jen Sakai from Ghost of Tsushima. Logan Cunningham as Hades from Hades. And Naji Jeter as Miles Morales from, of course, Marvel Spider-Man, Miles Morales. It's one of two. This is right. This is tough. I don't even I could see all five. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not Ghost of Tsushima on this category. Uh, Who do you think it comes down to? I think think it's Ashley Johnson or Laura Bailey. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking as well. Between the two. That's tough. That's odd. That's really tough. Sort of leaning toward Laura Bailey. I was was leaning towards Ashley Johnson. Okay, I was going Bailey. It's a tough category. Yeah, I think either of those could win. Yeah. And they I, and both of them deserve to win just based on how amazing the uh, the narrative was in Last of Us Part Two and and the emotion that they both showed. It, it was a really good job. And I know this doesn't really get uh, put into it, but the shit that Laura Bailey was getting on Twitter and social media. Oh, like the the shit the she hate. was taking for it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And all that shit. Like, yeah. Yeah, it was sad. Um, five nominees for best audio design: Doom Eternal, Half Life, Alex, Ghost of Tsushima, Resident Evil Three, and The Last of Us Part Two. I could see this one also coming down to Ghost of Tsushima and Last of Us Part Two. I didn't see. I think Doom Eternal or Last of Us Part Two again. You have to look at the soundtrack that was made for for these Doom games. Are Doom such an was a good part soundtrack. Well, this isn't soundtrack. This is audio design. So, like, fair enough. Guns, bullets, enough. environments, that kind of stuff. Which is why I think The Last of Us and Ghost of Tsushima might be the final two. Either way, probably Last of Us Part 2. Yeah, I think Last of Us Part 2 again here. Yeah, me too. I think that's going to probably win a significant amount of awards. A damn clicker sound gets me every time. Their audio design was incredible in in Last of Us Part 2. So I I think that's where that's going to land. Best score in music. Here we go. Best soundtrack, basically. We got Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Hades, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, and The Last of Us Part 2. 
I'm not sure about this one because I probably would have went a completely different route in terms of like best soundtrack. I agree that all five of these games have amazing soundtracks, but I don't know that I would have included some of them on here. This is a big category for us specifically as we talk about video game music yeah. so much. Now, like in my personal list, I have for like, you know, things that I keep track of for soundtrack of the year for the LDG awards. I have Ori and Final Fantasy seven remake listed as like potential nominees. See, I, I, I don't have Final Fantasy seven remake on mine. OK, I don't I've never played Doom Eternal yet, so I, I know I need to. I need, I need to play Doom and Hades before we do the LDG awards. Um, I think Paper Mario, maybe should have been on the list for terms of like best soundtrack. It has this a really year. good soundtrack. That's true. Assassin's Creed Valhalla has a really good soundtrack that I could have seen maybe getting a nod. Um, I don't know. This one probably is going to come down to Doom Eternal or Ori and the Will of the Wisps. I, I think. was thinking the same thing. So, But I don't know how Hades music is. So I don't know. I think that the two best working composers in video games right now, especially Western composers, are Mick Gordon and Darren Korb, who did Doom Eternal and Hades. They are absolutely brilliant at everything they do. Now, Darren Korb is the in-house composer for Supergiant Games. He's done all of their music, and he has, he's never worked for anybody else. And he does all of their sound design as well. He is really, really great. He also is the voice of the lead character, Zagreus, in this game. But he's so good. Mick Gordon is so good. And here's yeah, why I think legend, Mick Gordon so. is going to win the award for this one for Doom Eternal because of how id Software treated him and the remix of his his Ooh, soundtrack. You think this maybe that kind of get, OK, OK. Now, I think because of that, he's going to get the recognition for this one. But he also I mean, coming off of Doom in 2016, which had one of the best soundtracks, I think, of all time for video games. And being able to make a second one that's just as strong. It's exciting. It's a good he category. Really, he really deserves the recognition there. But again, Darren Korob on Hades is absolutely brilliant. And I think that Gareth Coker for Ori and the Will of the Wisps deserves a lot of recognition. Yeah, Ori has a has a phenomenal soundtrack. Uh, I, I agree, though. I, I think Doom Eternal probably is going to get the nod for this particular category based on what I've heard from that soundtrack. Uh, best Art Direction, five more nominees, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, and The Last of Us Part Two. I'm interested to know what you guys think about this one. I think it comes down to either Ghost of Tsushima or Hades. I say Ghost of Tsushima or Ori. I say Last of Us or Ori. I think Ghost of Tsushima should honestly win. I think Ori should win. Okay. I think Ghost I of Tsushima because win. of the uh, different, like the difference in Kurosawa mode and color mode, yeah, I and, guess and I how about how that. amazing that's that, true. Like oh, that, damn, art, you're right. Like oh, that bloody art, hell! The, yeah, I didn't the think about that. Yeah, effort that went in based on that art direction. That team definitely deserves to be rewarded for that. You're right. You can play it either way. It's I don't see win. anything other than Ghost of Tsushima winning this. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Yeah, right. yeah I, I agree. Yeah, you've yep. But if something else wins, I I do hope it's Ori. You convinced me. Yeah, it's it's Ghost of Tsushima, though. Yeah, it's it gotta has to be Ghost. It has to be uh, best narrative. Five more nominees. I love absolutely love that 13 Sentinels Aegis Ram got a, a nominee here. But the other four Final Fantasy seven remake Ghost of Tsushima, Hades and The Last of Us Part Two. This is tough. This is a tough one here. Now, I'm not familiar with 13 Sentinels and the story that it tells, but it's I an am amazing with the rest story. of them. It's an amazing story. Oh, boy. I, I got to go. I'm going to just go with Last of Us Part 2, the emotional ride I was with that game. I think see, I, might... can see, I can see that winning. I can you know, see that I'm, winning. I'm actually shocked that that game wasn't up for games for impact. 
Yeah. Yeah. With the story that yeah. it told. Yes. See, I could also see Ghost of Tsushima winning, but I could also see Final Fantasy VII Remake winning this category. I hope it doesn't. I hope it doesn't either, but I could see it winning. Yeah, but oh boy. Again, don't count out Hades in this category. The story that's told in Hades is, I mean, really beautifully woven and actually impressively done. So very strong category. I think The Last of Us is going to win, though. I do. I, I do think too. it'll win overall. Yeah. Uh, best game direction Final Fantasy 7 Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, Half Life Alex, and Last of Us Part 2. I honestly think um, Ghost of Tsushima will take this one again for Kurosawa mode and that kind of stuff. Agreed. Yeah, I, I think Ghost of Tsushima. I think they're going to split a lot of things. Like, I honestly see those two games getting a majority of the awards this year. And so I think that it'll be interesting to see well which one gets them. what. It's oh, going to be between yeah, Ghost of Tsushima yeah, no, and Last of Us I, Part 2. I, yeah, I that, think that's the story. That's the story coming out of the Game Awards this year is which one of those two games got more awards. <laughs> and I think what's what's so also interesting about that is that Ghost of Tsushima, when it came out, didn't I mean, it reviewed OK, but like low 80s was its kind of review average. And as people have been, you know, like allowed to marinate with it and kind of really dive into this game. And then the the multiplayer that came out, this game is only rising in, in terms of people's appreciation of it and their love for it. Yep. So so I I think when it came out, it wasn't really on people's minds as, you know, being a front runner for the for the game awards. And now here we are, you know, potentially winning a ton of categories. It really wasn't on my radar until like a, maybe a few weeks before. And I, I mean, I've fallen in love with the game. So, yeah, it's totally brilliant. Totally brilliant. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, it's exciting. It's a great game. Uh, but that brings us to the ultimate category game of the year. We have six nominees. Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, Animal Crossing New Horizons and The Last of Us Part Two. I want to say. When I made my list, what I guessed would be on the game of the year list, I did not have Animal Crossing and Final Fantasy VII Remake on this list of six. I had inserted. Oh, what did I insert? Damn it. Now I can't remember. I would take out Animal Crossing and Final Fantasy and I replace them with Ori and Warzone for me. OK, now I would replace them either with Ori and... Demon Souls, but I understand that Demon Souls probably didn't make the cut. I really thought that Demon Souls was going to be in on this year, but I think they're going to wait till next year because of the way that the reviews, the review copies for that game were sent out. Demon Souls has been really fun. Um, I, I actually agree that Animal Crossing probably deserves to be on the list. Uh, I, I actually have it on my short list of, of five or six that I have listed. Oh, Half-Life Alex was the other one that I thought was going That's, to get a nomination. Yeah, I remember you told me that. I would also probably take out Final Fantasy VII Remake. I don't think that deserves a nod for Game of the Year just because it is a, a remake. So I, I don't know what I would insert in its place. I, I did enjoy Neon Abyss a lot this year. Um, yeah. But I, I don't know. I mean, I actually liked uh, Journey to the Savage Planet. I played that earlier. That was probably one of my favorite games to play. Dang. Yeah, that's that's going all the way back to like January of 2020. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's kind of hard to, re, you know, remember these games. That's why like cyberpunk being pushed back, you know, will people remember yeah. it uh, a year from now? Exactly. Exactly. I was going to say Jedi Fallen Order is on here. It's tough that it's on here because, I mean, I love that game, but I think had that so game come out things. in September of this year, it would probably be 
in a lot more categories on this list, especially exactly. for soundtrack and game direction. Exactly. Releasing in December is is rough, man. So it is. You have to. It's that fine line, you know. Yeah. And Either way, re- releasing this December, we have Immortals: Phoenix Rising and Cyberpunk wow. twenty yeah. twenty seventy wow. seven. Yeah. So, and I mean a lot of things. We just talked about five games this week, and I mean there's more coming next week. So. Uh, either way, though, game of the year this year for the official game awards, I, I honestly can't see it going anywhere else besides Last of Us Part Two. It's it's gonna be Last of Us Part Two or Ghost of Tsushima, I believe. I Me agree. Too. Yep, again, one of those two. But I, I have a feeling when it comes down to it, most people are gonna choose Last of Us Part Two over Ghost of Tsushima in terms of like the people on the board that are voting. So I have a feeling that's probably going to walk away with more wins over Ghost of Tsushima. If I had to pick one of the two, I would pick Last of Us Part Two. I would pick Ghost of Tsushima. I would if pick I, Last of Us Part Two. If I was picking one of the two. Yeah, I would pick Ghost of Tsushima. But that's just because I enjoy that style of gameplay a lot more than the the linear narrative-driven stuff of Last of Us. I like the open-world Ubisoft-style checkpoint stuff, so I, that's why I think I like Ghost of Tsushima more. But I am looking forward to the Game Awards. Like I said, we'll be live over on YouTube.com forward slash Levodown Games next Thursday for all of the festivities. Make sure you tune in. Watch alongside me. Watch alongside Dan if he's there as well. Um, but yeah, looking forward to it. Should be fun. Before we close out, you know what that music means, guys. We got a little kickstart my heart to get to. I know this episode's running a little bit long, so that's why we are jumping right into it. And of course... When we don't have a lot of things on Kickstarter because it is a holiday week, we get to pull up Old Faithful. We got a roguelite, Kyle, and this one looks pretty good. And I'm glad it it's already really good. Goal. Yeah, we've got a roguelike by the name of Blade Assault. Blade Assault is a roguelike game that features fast-paced, incredibly fluid combat and linear progression towards defeating the corrupt ruler of Sky City Esperanza. Uh, players will be collecting red shards and returning to NPCs to unlock and gain permanent upgrades, of course. Choose between an arsenal of different weapons according to your playstyle. Control-oriented gameplay that rewards mastery over the game. Challenging levels that all that always offer players room for improvement. Blade Assault is a roguelike game, of course. There will be permanent upgrades waiting to be unlocked and in-game mechanics that bolster replayability to keep every run fresh and exciting. Uh, the team is also planning to have four different playable characters, all with their own unique arsenal of weapons. Each character will have their own unique weapons that can be transformed through gameplay by obtaining cores. Players will be able to choose their preferred weapon depending on their playstyle. There are also permanent upgrades that can be made to each weapon to further enhance its usability. You can switch up your tactics for each run by interacting with NPCs you meet and picking up different cores and gears during your run. Uh, yeah, a lot of characters there. What I'm really liking about this is that it seems like a nice blend between uh, Katana Zero and Neon Abyss. And uh, yeah, that has me excited because I, I feel like and is there let's see upgrade system. Is there like a somewhere on here where it talks about inspiration? I'm curious if they were inspired by. That's a long story paragraph. Jesus. Yeah. There's like a section of the like of the of the Kickstarter campaign where it talks about the story. That's a massive paragraph there. That does talk about inspiration, but I'd be curious if they were inspired by uh, either Neon Abyss or or Katana, but particularly Katana Zero, because I'm seeing a lot of similarities there. And I think that's why this one jumps out to me so much. Kyle, you are also a massive fan of roguelites. What do you think after watching the video and checking this one out? I really, really like the looks of this one, especially the art in this one. Like you said, it does have kind of that Neon Abyss sensibility to it with the the metallics and the colors. But 
really surprising ways that they use the lighting and the backgrounds in terms of right at the end of that trailer there's that big robot that appears in the background yeah. looks really neat and the animations are so smooth which is hard to do with kind of a pixelated game like this with a you know these kind of 16-bit style graphics getting that really smooth animation can be can be difficult sometimes but they've done a good job of it it looks super rad right up my alley yeah this one this one's looking really good uh it's not that long out they're they're talking about potentially february 2021 delivering keys dan what do you think yeah i'm I'm probably gonna back this um it's definitely up my alley i couldn't put my finger on what it was reminding me of and then as soon as you said katana zero that is instantly what it makes me think of i keep forgetting that you actually played katana zero as well yeah i did i mean like this year yeah late to the party but again i played it loved it um yeah, this is this is right beginning to. These are the kind of games that are beginning to be right in my wheelhouse. So it's definitely yeah, they're super fun. They're yeah. super um, fun. They, they they literally don't get boring because they are so like randomly generated, and you know you're constantly doing different runs, and it's not bad, man. You can jump in for a pledge of fifteen U.S. dollars, and that gets you a Steam key. That seems to like be the cheapest tier, so that's not bad. No, not at all. Yeah, and it's with the early access is February, June. It seems to be it's a one point zero launch, so it seems like maybe the only way you can play this is by backing it right now to play it in February. I wonder if it'll just be like one character available and then like when it fully launches, they'll put something like that. Maybe I don't know. Ah, Okay. December. It looks like Nintendo switch PlayStation ports. Nice. Um, yeah, go check this out. Like I said, we're not going to spend a ton of time because we did talk long today on games. We talked long on the game awards, kickstarter.com. The name of the game is blade assault. Let's get this some, let's, let's get this higher because if you look Kyle on the stretch goals right there on the top of their campaign, 25,000 looks like he's standing next to a bike and I want that. You see that? I want that bike because that might be like speeder bike levels. Like we got in Katana zero and that kind of stuff. And I want that. So let's try to get this campaign to 25,000 US dollars. We still have 12 days to go. We're about halfway there. Like Bon Jovi said, Kyle, your favorite band. Whoa! We're halfway there. (laughs) 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 I know you love Bon Jovi, so we got to sing it every time we can. It's horrible. Kickstarter.com. The name of the game is Blade Assault. Go check it out. That is going to bring us to the close of the show this holiday Thanksgiving weekend. And Kyle, you get the final words. Real quick, on a little bit more of a personal note, I found out that somebody pretty important to my hometown died this morning. Uh, you guys may or may not know him. His name is Tony Shu. He was the he was the CEO of Zappos. And if you don't know what Zappos is, Zappos is an online shoe store. It got bought by Amazon a few years back. And it seems weird that the CEO of an online shoe store should be so important. But here in Las Vegas, that's where Zappos is headquartered. Tony and his team, when they when they kind of came into Las Vegas, started revitalizing a lot of the city. The downtown area of Las Vegas has never been particularly nice as long as I've been alive. And they revitalized a ton of it. They put in a ton of new buildings and put in some kind of art projects and stuff. And it's actually a really, really neat area now. And on top of that, Tony did a bunch of other things for this town. He was he was a very giving person. He was very nice and had a wonderful reputation. People that work for Zappos consistently love it. They compare it to working for companies like Google or Facebook. It's a very modern company with lots of restrooms and breaks and you kind of work the hours you want to, a very open environment. And everybody loves it, but he suddenly passed away early this morning. 
they say it's, you know, from the effects of a fire that he may have been involved in, unfortunately, but they said he passed away peacefully surrounded by family. And it's just very sad. And so for all the people that are in Las Vegas, I think we're mourning his passing right now. But anyways, this episode's for Tony. This episode of the Level Down Games podcast has been brought to you by leveldowngames.com. Please remember to leave us a rating and a review regardless of where you're listening. If you want more of us, check out youtube.com forward slash leveldowngames and make sure you subscribe with notifications on, as well as twitch.tv forward slash leveldowngames again with notifications on. Links to where we can be found on social media, as well as to our Discord server, and all other important information can be found in the show notes for the episode.